When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Also, check out our merch store, onthefinside.threadless.com. The Dolphins have lost six of their last eight games now, dropping to five and six on the season after a crushing 27-24 to defeat to the Indianapolis Colts. You know, Paul, we could pretty much do the same show every week. I mean, normal stuff, 18 players got hurt, 32 things happened that shouldn't have, and uh, the Dolphins dropped to 5-6 and six on the season. Well, let's, let's amend that one little bit. I mean, they, they had a winnable game in their hands, and this is something we can say a lot of weeks lately. They had a winnable game in their hands, and then they started play calling like a bunch of sissies. And that's for sure. Lost it at the end with pretty much with play calling. That, that's for sure. And, you know, what kills me is that with everything that's happened with the Dolphins this year, they would be seven and four and in the driver's seat for the wild card if they had just held on to a 17 to nothing lead against the Bengals in the third quarter back in week five. Or, or and had they held on to this lead against the Colts where they were up 24 to 14 with 12 minutes left in the game, it looked the whole time like the Dolphins were going to come away with this victory. Ryan Tannehill was back had a quarterback rating of almost 120 on the day. The running backs did well. The special teams and the defense were, were creating turnovers. It looked like a win all day, but unfortunately the Dolphins weren't able to pull it out. No. And the, Mike Gesicki thing still to this, the minute we're recording this show right now still disgusts me. I mean, one target, one catch, one drop ball on the field that negated a Xavier Howard interception. And then, you know, luckily Xavier caught the ball and got it back. And instead of play calling with a little bit of balls here, Miami went ahead and decided to go into the tunnel. And that, that, that was the first step in upsetting me today. One catch for five yards and a fumble. Um, what a great use out of a second-round pick, I must say. You know, it's it, it hurts, too, because the Dolphins had so many opportunities. You know, you look at the first quarter, they stalled their drives at the Colts 39 and at the Colts 43. They had a blocked punt. They had a blocked field goal. It seemed like everything was really going the Dolphins' way until Andrew Luck has a magnificent fourth quarter and the Dolphins defense really collapses from within. Paul, let's uh, let's get to the grades here. Offensively, Ryan Tannehill was back. I'm going to kick it to you first because obviously you've been the most vocal about Brock Osweiler and your desire for him not to be in the lineup. How do you grade Tannehill's performance here? I think he did everything to show I was right in this game. I mean, I'd easily give Tannehill a B plus. I think he made the throws he needed to. 
Uh, his receivers bailed him out a couple of times, but that's true of any NFL quarterback in any NFL game. And really, he made some plays with his legs. He gutted through the sore shoulder, which apparently is going to be hurting him the rest of the season probably. And I thought he had a very just fine game and should should he deserved a win in this one, that's for sure. Yeah, when the Dolphins were up 24-14 with 13 minutes left, I said, now it's on the defense for them to carry this out. But Tannehill, I, you know, I share your enthusiasm for getting Osweiler out of the lineup. This was definitely a better quarterback performance. I would categorize it more as gutsy, and I feel like he was somewhat betrayed in the end by the defense as well as by the play calling. Finished the game 17 for 25, 204 yards, two touchdowns, quarterback rating of 119.4. Um, but if you take out that long touchdown to Carew, which was really a weird jump ball type of catch that tied the game at 14-all, he finished the game 16 for 24 for 130 yards and a touchdown aside from that 70-plus yard catch by Carew. But I don't think he's the reason that the Dolphins lost this game. I'm going to give him a B-. minus. Running back, two here, Paul. Frank Gore, Kenyon Drake. Again, it feels like we're having the – we're having the same show every week, pretty much. I mean, yards per carry, a very healthy yards per carry average, 22 carries, 99 yards, four and a half yards per carry, Frank Gore and Kenyon Drake. Drake had a rushing and a receiving touchdown. It gives him seven touchdowns on the season. Frank Gore, really tough in between the tackles, and he got some revenge on his old team, too. And I really thought Gore was going to be the guy that came in at the end to really put the exclamation point on this Miami Dolphins win that ended up turning out to be a loss. But I have no problem with what the running backs did here, especially in the passing game. I'm going to give them an A-. minus. Yeah, I'm going to go with a B-plus for my second position in a row here. A lot of the reasons that you said, I liked the way that they seemed to balance out Gore and Drake a little bit in this one. Balazs came in and Dylan was there. Um, I, I do like the promise for the future that I see in Balazs, even though he's not there yet. But, yeah, I think, like you pointed out before, play calling, and we can have the same show every week, unfortunately. And a lot of that really makes Adam Gase's postgame presser piss me off even more, which I know I'm going down a little bit of a rabbit hole here. But when he's saying that we're going to get, get back in here on Wednesday, we're going to correct the mistakes. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, no. I'm, I'm tired of hearing about it, and I'm so sick of an offense in a passing game that is so fucking afraid of their own shadow. I mean, how many times do you have to – here's the difference between Andrew Luck and the Colts offense, and not specifically Tannehill, actually maybe Tannehill, but the Dolphins' passing game in general. When Andrew Luck wants 10 yards, he tries to get 10 yards. The Dolphins throw a two-yard bubble screen, hope they're going to break six tackles, and take it somewhere. That's why the Colts are, are winners and the Dolphins are losers today. And they have been for the last six to seven weeks, unfortunately. And again, I'm going down a rabbit hole too, but, you know, I'm pissed off, goddammit. So let's look at the receiving. I'm sorry, Paul. What, so your grade was uh, your grade was a B-plus there for the running backs, and uh, we'll go yes, on to the was. receivers. We'll go on to the receivers. I'm going to kick it back to you because I'm, I'm just too pissed off right now. Yeah, no, it's it's. I mean, they ran a graphic during the game early on when Danny Amendola, after trying to gut through a little bit of the ouchies, uh, 
wound up coming out of the game and staying out. They ran a graphic, and it's pretty telling, and it shows just how gutsy Tannehill's performance in this one was. And this is not me saying Tannehill's the Messiah, but Miami's top five wide receivers were out of this game. Their supposed top tight end, as I've already pointed out, had one catch for five yards and a fumble. Most teams only carry up to five wide receivers. Miami's top five receivers were out. So right there, the fact that Leontay Carew, or I'm sorry, Kenny Stills was still in the game. But besides Kenny Stills, Miami's top five behind him were out. So, I mean, that that speaks volumes because, for one, they can put their best on Kenny by far. They can double-team Kenny. And, and then you're talking about, really, your seventh-string wide receiver is your number two. So that tells you right there where, where Miami's at receiver-wise. Um, and, and, yeah, Devontae Parker's in there too, but okay. Is, is, has he done anything lately? No? Okay. Um, so really, I'll give, I'll give the receivers a B-minus because outside of the Carew catch – there really wasn't much. The running backs were a lot more effective in the receiving game than most of the receivers were. And that Mike Kosicki fumble, you know, it, screw it. I'm going down to a C for this because that Mike Kosicki fumble, because we're counting the tight ends here, was so critical. I'm so, so tired of Miami looking for a tight end and, and not having one, especially, you know, given what Yeah, ever since Charles Clay left. And, and, and hey, yep. maybe the Dolphins can get Charles Clay back for cheap next year if, if the Bills end up cutting him. Because, I, I, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it seems like anytime they go the cheap route with a Marquise Gray, Nick O'Leary, guy like that, they block well and they, they exceed some expectations. Yeah, Gasicki is, again, I know he's a rookie, and tight end is a hard position to learn as a rookie, but this is really bad. And, I again, going back to what we said in our pre-draft analysis, I don't see Gasicki being a good player. I, I really don't. I, I don't see a blocker. I, de- I don't see somebody who gets deep. I don't see somebody who outmuscles defenders for a football. I didn't see that at Penn State either. So, I, yeah, I not, not a big fan. But as far as the receivers, yeah, a lot of injuries. So Albert Wilson's out for the year. Jakeem Grant's out for the year. Amendola got hurt, did not play for most of the game. Kenny still seems to be lost ever since his injury with the combination of Tannehill and Osweiler being out. Devontae Parker continues to be lost. Uh, after the Texans game where he seemed to break out, He's had nine catches for 61 yards in the last three games. So Devontae Parker really not putting on a good good show as far as wanting to get that fifth-year option. So I'm right there with you on the C. Offensive line. Now, this is a little bit up and down because on one hand, Ryan Tannehill, I thought for the most part, was protected very well today. Again, we keep going back to the what we seem to be talking about a lot. At the tackle spots, Tunzel and James kept the pressure off. Now, Laramie Tunzel did have two costly penalties in the first quarter. That stalled drives. But given how well he's played this year, I'm going to let that one slide. Ted Larson is terrible. He is a terrible football player. Go to my Twitter page, uh, BrianCat13, and look at a three-second clip I have of Ted Larson. Late in the fourth quarter, with the Dolphins leading on a third down play, Ted Larson does not even make contact with defensive tackle Marcus Hunt. He also had two pre-snap penalties, too. So, overall, Juwan James, Laramie Tunzel at the tackle spots, if you dismiss the penalties, 
and I thought they blocked very well. Our boy Jake Brendel, not only did he play, Paul, at a high level at left guard, then they moved him to center, and he played at a high level there too. So he keeps getting better and better. But overall, with this offensive line, the penalties take it from a B-plus or an A-minus down to a B for me. It's going to be a B-minus here for me, and and most of that's something that you've already talked about in Ted Larson. I mean – Jakey Boyle is good yet again, and it's nice seeing him cracking that lineup. I'd like to see them find a role for him next season. Uh, they, I think he needs to be a player that's involved. I think he's shown that both before this year and, you know, in, in his limited action already. Um, I think he could really help solidify that offensive line when they get Josh sitting back. I mean, maybe next year your offensive line across the board is Dan Kilgore at center with – Sitting and Brendel at guards, Tunsil and James at tackles, and suddenly you've got a pretty damn good offensive line. So a lot of good that you can see in this offensive line and what they were able to do today. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a B-minus for me, and a lot of that's Ted Larson combined with the penalties. Yeah, if you can get sitting back next year, and I hope they keep him, they have an option to cut him and save about $5 million. But if you've got sitting at left guard, Tunsil and James at the tackle spots, and even Brendel and Jesse Davis at center and guard, I think that's a really good offensive line right there. And I think yep. the Dolphins are going to add on players along the way too. So this is a unit that continues to me to overachieve. One of very few units on the team I can say that about. Moving along to the defensive side of the ball, Paul, Cameron Wake and Robert Quinn each should have had a sack. And heading into this game, Andrew Luck had not been sacked in 214 dropbacks. Robert Quinn got one, and then it was called back on a penalty. Then Cameron Wake got one and a forced fumble there in the next quarter. So this was the first time Andrew Luck was taken to the ground since week five, believe it or not. Overall, I thought Wake and Quinn did a very good job providing pressure all game. I can't say a whole heck of a lot about the rest of the defensive line. I mean, gotcha on Spence up the middle. They were okay after the first quarter as far as stopping the run, so I give them a little bit of credit there. At defensive end, Charles Harris and Andre Branch just look completely useless there as those third and fourth defensive ends. The Colts running backs had 24 carries, 113 yards, 4.7 yards a carry, and overall this defensive line only had one sack from Cameron Wake when you tally it all up. So not enough consistent pressure, not enough great run stopping. I'm going to give them a C+. Plus. Yeah, you said a mouthful there. I mean, it's they did get some pressure on Locke today. I, I didn't have a problem with the way Spence played. I didn't have a problem with the way Andre Branch played. Charles Harris continues to be invisible. Uh, that said, I, I think we can all agree that Reuben Foster wouldn't have been the right pick either uh, for, for this Dolphins team based on the last 24 hours. Um, or, you know, every six weeks he pops up, sees a shadow, and has to go back to jail again. But – uh you know, you, you, you look at this defensive line, and one thing I want to point out here, too, is on Luck's long completion in, in in the fourth quarter, that was kind of a drive-saving completion. I, I think I got the video from Dolphins NYC out on Twitter, but if you go back and rewatch that, it, it's Charles, Cameron Wake and, and Robert Quinn both beat their guy, and, and were literally it looked like they were pulling sleds uh, out there 
with the way that they were being held from behind, hugged, you name it. Um, you know, I, I think Wake was being double teamed and blatantly held by both, which you could see watching that video where they would have gotten to luck without those holds. And, and that's the upsetting part to me is, is watching that um, because that would have been one of a handful of plays in this game that would have completely turned the tide in Miami's favor. And it didn't happen because, you know, Colts marched down the score. Miami couldn't. And, and, you know, it was one of those critical moments. So I can give these guys a B minus. I don't, I didn't have any problem with how anybody played today. I would have liked to see him finish out a few plays with Andrew Locke. But other than that, I didn't have an issue with much with, with the D line. And it's hard enough for Wake and Quinn to get to the quarterback without being held because they have to really beat their tackle and hope that they can get to the quarterback before he steps up. And a lot of times that quarterback does step up part of the problem with the wide nine scheme there. Defensive tackle is going to be one of my biggest needs in the off season. I think if you put a big guy there, then when those defensive ends get around the corner and that quarterback steps up, you've got a little bit of pressure there to take down the quarterback. Paul, I'm going to kick it back to you for the linebackers. I think Kiko had a great game. I think he got hosed uh, on that one play call, uh, the one that saved a drive for the Colts and kept it alive. I think it was another one of those critical moments in this game. There was nothing he could have done there. You could visibly see where he pulled up and didn't lay the guy out, a la Joe Flacco last season. But, you know, he did make contact with Luck as he was sliding, but he was already committed when Luck finally committed to the slide. If he didn't commit – Luck is a mobile and big enough quarterback that he would have just stayed up and run for the first down. So it's damned if you do, damned if you don't, damn the officials on that one. Um, because let's face it, you could I mean, go back and watch it from every camera angle. You can physically see Kiko pull up. He doesn't lay the wood in, into him, but there's no choice but to make contact on that play. And that's – I'm sorry. That, that's just not a, a penalty that should have been called on that unnecessary roughness, keeping a drive alive in a game that was closely contested and a few critical calls can go and make the difference. So that, that was kind of a bogus one. Jerome Baker, I think he continues to play well. Um, and Rake McMillan, I thought had a better game than we've seen from him. So again, it's going to feel goofy, but my grades are not going to be low for, for many positions on defense because I thought the defense played overall well and played bend, but don't break in a lot of cases and unfortunately got broken for them. So I'm going to go with a B, yeah, B for these guys. A couple of things uh, on Kiko Alonso. I Overall, I think this was a be- definitely a better game that he had because Kiko, so many games we talk about, he's either awful, a lot of that is related to the defensive line, or he's making a lot of plays. He also had a blocked punt, too. And it seems like, you know, when you talk about somebody on the season who has, what, three sacks, uh, three interceptions, or excuse me, three forced fumbles, three interceptions, and a blocked punt. Those are a lot of big plays for a linebacker that doesn't Mm -hmm. rush the quarterback very often. So I thought that was good. There were two plays. Number one, I I, I will challenge you a little bit there on the Kiko Alonso penalty there. I do think that that was one that should have been called, but it was hard for him to avoid that too because when he came out there, he did end up hitting Andrew Luck in the head. You hit the quarterback in the head, you're going to get a penalty for it. So I I can understand that right there. 
Raekwon had a huge play in this game where when the Dol- when it was a 7 to 7 game and it seems like the seemed like the Dolphins could not stop the Colts then Raekwon had that forced fumble. So one of the few big plays we've seen from him this year and he definitely had a better game. Yeah, I like Baker too. He covers a lot of ground. Overall, I'm going to give this unit a C+. Defensive backs. You know, we had Brad Wells on the show, who's our Colts correspondent, and he said his biggest key to the game for the Dolphins for them to win it, don't let T.Y. Hilton get off the line of scrimmage. What did the Dolphins do? Let T.Y. Hilton get off the line of scrimmage. He finished with seven catches for 125 yards, and any time the Dolphins were able to jam him or were able to put Xavier Howard on him, he was an absolute non-factor. But unfortunately, they realized that a little bit too late. I can't say enough about Xavier Howard. Two interceptions in the span of a minute to end the first the first half. Minka let up an early big play to T.Y., but then recovered nicely. Rashad Jones played a good game. T.J. McDonald was his usual hit and miss, but ended up giving up a lot of big plays, too. Overall, I can't give the defensive backs a great grade here because if you take out Xavier Howard's two interceptions, Andrew Luck was 31 for 36 for 300-plus yards and three touchdowns other than that. So I can't just let that slide. I've got to give the defensive backs a C-plus here. Now, the other thing to factor in, too, is T.J. McDonald did have a fumble recovery uh, early on in the game. And then, uh, you know, you, you look at it, a few of T.Y.'s receptions came over the linebackers, which I'm not going to fault the linebackers. They're not really designed to to be covering a T.Y. Hilton style of receiver. Uh, that, that goes back to Burke for me, and I'm not going to demolish our secondary for that. Rashad Jones could have added a third interception to this game very easily early on that could have helped turn the tide. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to come up with the ball, but he made a hell of a play to get out there. Um, again, this I thought overall the, the, the defensive backs played well, and most of the issues I had were schematic um, in, in regards to who was covering who, when, and where, um, which I can't fault them for. It, it's and, and I do have to factor in not only the two interceptions by Howard, but he had, I think, three passes defense in this game. So looking at that, I, I can keep in that B range for the defensive backs as well. Yeah, 15 yards allowed from Xavier Howard uh, overall. What a fantastic player. Sign him as long as the eye can see. Special teams, Matt Hawk had another monster game here, and so much of a reason, again, why the Dolphins were able to pump the brakes there on on the Colts offense when it seemed like they were starting to pull away there in the first quarter. So fantastic game from him. Jason Sanders goes 16 for 17 on the year. Adam Vinatieri had a block kick. Kiko Alonso blocked a punt. So a really good day for the special teams unit. I'm going to give them an A minus. I'm going to go with a solid A for a lot of the reasons you mentioned. I mean, it's, they did their jobs today. And, you know, including Kiko Alonso on special teams. You know, the return games weren't anything electric, but there were no issues with that either. And that's, I think that's the only thing for me, though, that, that's keeping it from an A+. Plus, is we've gotten a little spoiled here with Jakeem Grant throughout the year. So the fact that we didn't see anything special out of the return game itself uh, just drops us just a smidge for me. How about your uh, stud and your jackass of the game, Paul? Jackass of the game, Mike Gusecki, guess what? 
you again. Welcome back. Now that Brock's out of the lineup, we can turn that focus back to you. And, you know, second-round pick, stud of the draft, supposedly, once-in-a-generation athlete, and yada, 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 blah, 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 blah. Unfortunately, I'd rather have a once-in-a-generation football player than once-in-a-generation athlete. And the two do not seem to meet where Mike Kosicki is concerned. And that fumble was very critical. Miami, you know, Xavier Howard picked the ball off. Mike Kosicki comes trotting out on the field, has catches the ball over the middle, and gives it right back to the Colts. And leads me right over to my stud of the game, which Xavier Howard trots back out on the field, says, hold my beer, and picks Andrew Luck off on the very next pass. Uh, you know, it, it's you can't say enough good things about Xavier Howard here. And the fact that he had the, the two interceptions in that quick span there was just absolutely something that should have been back-breaking for the Colts. Uh, unfortunately, play calling, et cetera, didn't allow Miami to take advantage, nor did my jackass of the game, Mike Gusecki. And my stud of the game is going to be Cameron Wake. I mean, providing great pressure off the edge, had one sack very easily, could have been two or three. I saw the same holding calls that inexplicably are not called in this guy year in and year out. Um, but it was his first first time Andrew Luck was sacked in, what, 220-plus attempts. So kudos to him on that. My jackass of the game is Ted Larson. That's an easy one for me if we take Gusecki out of the equation. I mean, this guy should not be in the lineup. I don't care who you have to put in there. Like, literally, you can start pulling people off the street. Put Wesley Johnson in there. Move Zach Stir up to guard if you have to. Get this guy out of there. He's terrible. Go visit my again. Visit my Twitter page if you want to see, if you want to see a replay, a three second clip of how bad he is. So, hey, if, uh, we're, Paul, if we're going to keep Brock Osweiler on the lineup, might as well throw him at guard and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, might, might as well if we're we're going to end up paying him. So, <laughs> Paul, Paul, Dolphins are five and six. Not great times here, but they do play the Dolphins. Do play the Jaguars at home and the Bills twice. Hopefully they can win those games and then be competitive against the Patriots and against the Vikings. Maybe they can pull out a – or they could have a good finish to the season here. So that will do it for our breakdown of the Dolphins' 27-24 loss to the Indianapolis Colts. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Check out our merch store on thefinside.threadless.com. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.